you are listening to Ideas and Leaders podcast. I'm Elena Paventa, Executive Communication Coach and TEDx Organizer. With each episode, I'll share with you communication tips and ideas from top business leaders to help you excel in your career. Welcome to the new episode of Ideas and Leaders podcast. Today, my guest is Piotr Himko. He is my friend and a great leader that I know. And, and I worked with him in nonprofit organization in Toastmasters. I know that he's a great leader and he is also a leader in the corporate environment. So today we will have a conversation about leadership. Hi, Piotr. Hi, Elena. Thanks for the invitation. It is great to have you on my podcast, and I'm sure that this conversation is going to be insightful. So you are a leader. You have the, the experience of leading teams in, in a corporate environment, a nonprofit environment. How do you perceive yourself as a leader, and uh, do, do you think it is easy to be, to be a leader? Well, it's uh, in corporation, nothing is easy. That's what I like to say. If uh, there were no people in corporations, if everything was easy and simple, we wouldn't be needed. Um, but at the same time, leadership, uh, being a leader, being a manager, because I like to combine these two, uh, two terms into one, um, is, uh, has, it's, it's, a, it's a specific, specific assignment. So you have experts. You have specialists, you have people who take care of a very, very, very narrow specific area of expertise and they, they provide the value in that way. And you have managers who have certain qualities, who have certain character traits, uh, who are able to bring people together to make them do what is, what is needed for to do, to, to help them create a value that is uh, needed by the, by, the, by the organization, be it a corporation, be it a company, be it a nonprofit. Uh, to achieve the the major the big goals of that of that organization, so it depends on the. I mean, if if you if if your character traits and preparation and experience makes you a, a good fit fit for a for for a leadership role, uh, then the things just just are easy. Is as 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 much as if you are an engineer with uh, many years of experience in certain area. The challenges that you are facing um, might be impossible to, you know, to to face uh, by others, uh, but are easy for you. It's very similar, similar thing. I like to say that managers are experts in running teams. Yeah, yeah. So, and what what traits do you think we need to uh, run teams? Oh, there's a couple of them. Uh, um, one of them is obviously a, a perfect communication. I mean, you really need to be a great communicator. You really need to know how to listen to people. And it's not by accident that I'm saying uh, that I'm mentioning listening as the first part of the communication, because it all starts with listening. Uh, you need to be able to combine, to make your ideas uh, ring uh, and and sound um, in a way that is perceivable that is uh, how to say um, that is easy to adopt by uh, by people who you talk with you need to be able to communicate difficult uh, messages you need to be able to help support in solving conflicts resol resolving conflicts in in the teams you need to be able to speak to your stakeholders sometimes sometimes very demanding who will who will who will often want who who will often want to tell you 
what you need to do, despite of the fact that they might have no idea what you what you are what you are doing. You need to speak to people who are running the organization on higher levels, again, be it in the co company or be it in the uh, in the nonprofit. So communication in all kind of all, all kind of senses, all, all in all senses, in all ways. Uh, and uh, so communication is the third num number one. The second thing you need empathy. Uh, you need empathy. You need to, we, we call it sometimes emotional intelligence, but it also the emotional intelligence very often starts with empathy. Uh, and empathy doesn't mean that you uh, call feel others. Empathy means that you can understand what others feeling or or what certain actions might cause others how they will feel because uh, people actions very often or if or usually or i would even say always start with with feelings yeah with feelings and feelings are very much related to, to their needs so again empathy is being able to understand people's needs and emotions mm -hmm. so i would say communication empathy if you have communication empathy uh, and uh, and also kind of a strategic vision where you want to go these three things combined together uh, are likely to make you a, a good leader and um, what if we don't have some of those skills for example we are not very good communicators is it do you think it is possible to learn this in practice or how, how does it look like well i like to say that you can learn almost anything uh, if you want uh you can learn empathy which might sound as strange as as it sounds uh, but I know people who were able to learn empathy because empathy, again, is, is not compassion. It's com something completely different than compassion. And you can learn empathy and you can learn communication. Well, you and I are very good examples of, of uh, people who started with some kind of level, certain level of communication. And through Toastmasters, through our experience in Toastmasters, uh, we we managed to get to a quite high level of of of, of skill uh, in, in in communication. Yeah? We are much better communicators these days than we were a couple of years ago when we started uh, yeah, in Toastmasters. So so you can learn communication, you can learn empathy, you can learn strategic thinking. Well, funny thing is that because I give you an example, for many years I thought I was not creative. Yeah, so I was. Um, I was the person who, when I was given a task, I was able to, get to, to do that task. But if I were to ask to do something creative, to come up with an idea, uh, I consider myself as not being really good. But then I had a person who I spoke to and he said, Pio, that's, that's a learnable skill. You can go read that book, take that exercise, go for a course. Uh, and well, finally, after a couple of years, I don't speak about myself as a person who is not creative maybe that's not my strongest trait of character not my not not my strongest skill but i can be creative if if that's needed, if that's required so anything is anything is learnable yes so we can uh, we can definitely learn and when we when we start our role as a leader as a team leader uh, for example looking at your organization when you see new team leaders that just are just starting those roles what are the biggest challenges for them well it depends uh it depends on whether you uh become I, I give you an example in the company if you are part of the team and you suddenly become a team lead of that team uh then uh, it might be difficult for you to overcome certain personal uh 
so, so some interpersonal uh, or personal relationship with your teammates might sometimes stand in a way of you being a, an efficient uh, an efficient manager efficient leader so if you come out of the of the uh, of the team and you become a team leader of the team uh, there are certain things that you need to think about and you need to prepare uh, in in terms of the relationship with your past former teammates to make sure that you become uh, that you are efficient that you realize your your mission the other challenge is that if you come from outside and there is a and, and there is an existing team that you take over um, so you need to establish the relationship from the from the very beginning and you do it by exp expressing uh, your expectations your way of working sharing what the the team can expect from you and also asking the team uh, what do they expect from you how do they want to cooperate with you and then at certain point you are you should be meeting somewhere in the middle to make sure that everyone's needs uh, are are to a large extent fulfilled because then it will make uh, uh, the team the team good the the, the easiest part to snap on, on one hand it is the easiest part when you are able to create your own team to recruit your own team but then recruiting is a completely different area of, of expertise and you need to be good in recruiting to make sure that your team is good so that's a completely different story yeah and uh, you, you're mentioning creating the the atmosphere in the uh, team and uh, being empathetic being good communicator and uh, what about the the hard situations so when you, for, for example you, you have uh, tasks to do and you see that someone is not doing their job and I think that it happens quite often <laughs> so what uh, I, this is quite challenging if you are a very good communicator and very empathetic but still you need to have this skill of managing conflicts mm -hmm. and managing difficult team members uh, do you have any uh, tips or best practices for such situations of course, of course, it's uh, it's a bread and butter of manager's life. Uh, it's uh, it's nice if it's great if you have a good team that is performing, but uh, well, once in a while there will be people who will not be who will not be performing for different reasons. So, first of all, uh, first of all, you need to understand what's happening. So, if you have a person who was performing and suddenly stopped performing. Well, it's your job to make sure that you know what's happening. Of course, people might not be willing to share with you some personal details, but you need to learn as much as possible. And you need to make sure that this person will believe that cooperating in a hard moments with you is, is for their, their good. So it might be, you know, a difficult period of life of life. It might be getting depressed for some reason. And then if you understand it, you can address that and you can come up with that person to a joint mutual solution and that person adhere to that agreement, uh, it, it's, it, it will go for good. Sometimes you have a person who comes to your team and you believe that person, you give it all uh, to that person, you, you do the proper onboarding, you help them start up, uh, but this person uh, is not willing to cooperate. Uh, the the challenge here is to recognize it as soon as possible, as early as possible, that you have a non-performer. And of course, the, there will be, you will have, uh, you will make mistakes in recruitment. Yeah, it's, it's inevitable. You will make mistakes in recruiting. 
uh, and it's it's good if you uh, understand early that this person is uh, it shouldn't be in your team. Uh, and then there are there are ways to make that people um, help the help these people make their own way outside of this organization. Huh? Uh, it's not it's not the easiest thing, but well, it's it's part of part of the deal. Um, and sometimes you have people who on one who you seemingly they perform, but there are, uh, you you see or you sense or you have a feeling that it's not really the case. And that's the, that this is the most difficult part because on one hand you see everything seemingly is, is right, but you know, and you feel that in the background, there's something wrong. And these people are very hard to, uh, it's, it's very hard to recognize the root cause of that problem. And it's very hard to mingle if everything is all right. Uh, the problem is that these people uh, are likely to destroy the, the, the whole team behind your, behind your back. Uh, and well, there is no good recipe uh, for in for such situation. You need to really be really vigilant. Uh, you need to try to be as open as possible. And if you feel that 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 if you feel that this person is actually causing problems, uh, I would encourage you to make to bring that thing on the table, even among the with with other team members, uh, or or one to one. Uh, to check what's happening and if um, uh, bottom bottom line the long story short really trust your intuition because if you think if you feel that something is wrong it is very very high chance that this that something is wrong mm -hmm. and uh, uh, when we actually come to this point that we need to talk to the person do you have any um tips on how to do this because I know that many people they are they have this conflict avoidance and they don't want to speak about the hard topics and I think that this is one of the biggest challenges of young leaders that uh, they just uh, don't don't want to deal with conflicts and they avoid them uh, do you have any tips for that Yes, I do because it was my way. I really, I really uh, found that extremely difficult to make that tough conversation with people who are not performing. So, if you ask me, my first time, my first case where when I had to let people out of the organization, it was extremely, extremely difficult. I, I, I had, I needed to have um, uh, so someone else's support. So typically, in a comp company, you get HR support in such cases, but it was very difficult. So I was really preparing for that conversation. I learned parts of what I, parts of what I was supposed to say. I, I, I learned that by heart, really. Yeah, so that not to not to not to block, not to not to stop myself from doing that. What was inevitable. But that was just the first case. After I found out that it's survivable, <laughs> and after I let the people out of the organization, suddenly the organization, my team started performing better because the team expects you as a leader to take action when they see that someone is not performing. Uh, they see you as standing in protecting the team from something from from the bad things. If you convert your thinking in, a, okay, I need to let someone out and I need to do some bad things to someone, uh, I, I converted that in a way that I need to protect the my protect my team from well from from the bad things, yeah, uh, from the underperformer who is 
polluting or poisoning uh, the, the, the mood, the spirit of the, of the team. Uh, and of course, the first time is, is hard, but it's like with many first times, they are hard and the next ones are much, much easier. Uh, so you just need to learn it. The, learn by heart, find the support uh, and convert uh, the, the bad, um, that is the, the, the bad doing, doing something bad. Um, uh, when letting someone out, for example, of the, or asking someone out of the organization or out of the team into thinking that it, as a result, you will protect the team and you will make the team even stronger and, and performing in the future. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any, uh, any tips for giving feedback without saying you're doing it wrong? <laughs> do, do you have any way in how you usually uh, tell to people that they, they are doing something not correctly well i until we are i'm really we are really in the final let's say final situation where i'm asking people to go out uh, where i really need to say because of this and this and this and that uh, because it's required by law in the company uh by, by polish law you really need to tell people why they are letting them out uh until that moment, I, I really work in a coaching way. So if you ask me what kind of manager I am, I'm, 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 a, I'm a much, much more, dem I'm very democratic and coaching uh, manager. That's my style. Uh, and uh, it's very hard for me to be directive, although sometimes I really have to, but it's, it's not, unfortunately, it's not, it, it, these are rare cases where I have to, but normally I'm a democratic and coaching uh, manager. So if someone comes to me uh, and we have a discussion about their, let's say, shortcomings, I convert it in a way that we learned at Toastmasters, that each shortcoming is, a, is an option for, for um, uh, opportunity for development. So if someone is, for example, making mistakes, uh, rep repeatedly they're making mistakes and the job they do requires being thorough and not making mistakes. Well, we try to find out the, the way to improve uh, improve on that because it might be behavioral, it might be lack of attention. There might be different reasons why something is happening. We, we always, I always invite a person uh, to be part of the solution. Uh, not that I say, okay, you have to do this and this and this. I, I, as much as I can, I try to invite people to become, to create a, their own solution for their own, for the, for the problems as much as, as it's possible. So points for improvement if you ask me points for improvement hey let's work on the on the accuracy of your work eh? let's think how you how we can improve the, the accuracy accuracy of, of, of your work eh? so this is the kind of the the message that i'm giving to that person and i know that i need to spend some time with that person to make sure that we get finally to the solution yeah and do you see any difference between leadership in the corporate world and leadership in a nonprofit organization, comparing your two experiences, because you were leading teams in, in both environments, what differences do you see? Oh, Elena, uh, thank you very much for that question, because if you ask me, I believe that anyone in the regulated environment, like a, like a corporation, like a company, before they allowed to lead the team, they should, have the, they should get the experience in a nonprofit. Uh, where people are doing something because they want to do, because they are voluntaries, uh, and they always can say, I'm not going to do what you tell me to do. So Toastmasters taught me uh, how to deal with people 
um, who are willing to do something, uh, but they are we are we, we don't have any power uh, relationship. Yeah, so I cannot even I, I tell them what to do. If they don't if they don't want to do, they will not do that, or they will say, "Hey, get lost. I'm not going to do that." So learning in the organization, in a nonprofit-based, voluntary-based voluntary organization is a wonderful um, training field before you are actually given a, a team in a, in a company. Uh, and I like to give the parallel between flying the gliders and the regular uh, uh, planes yeah? that, uh, with, the, with, with, the, with the engine. So if you, I, I, heard, I heard that story that if you are learned to fly the gliders, and then when you jump on the plane, on the regular plane, it's just the engine that who just helps you achieve the achieve your your goals, your your targets. And it's the same. If you learn how to manage people without the power relationship, if you suddenly get the power, you get the uh, you get that power relationship in the company, it's just much easier. But the behaviors are the same. Yeah. So you need to invite, if you invite people for cooperation, if you make them part of the solution, if you make them part of the, the decisions, how they want to get things done. And if you do, if you run your, let's say, paid teams in a way that you that you that you run your voluntary team uh, teams, um, you get much better results. It's just as simple as that. That's why I always say before you get to manage the, 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 the real paid team, uh, try to make yourself put, to put in a situation that you manage a voluntary team. Yeah, yeah, I think that it is a great school indeed. <laughs> After uh, And uh, your team in nonprofit organization can say that they're not going to do something or they are not going to do it your way. They have their own way of doing things. <laughs> and uh, this, is, this is challenging. And I think that in corporation, uh, people are rather easier to manage because there are certain procedures that they need to follow in mm -hmm. nonprofit people sometimes get very creative and uh, try to invent a wheel and invent new things new procedures so it is it is changing all the time and i think that also what we can learn from a nonprofit organization is appreciation do you feel that um, that uh, you, you started after going through this School of Leadership in Toastmasters International. Do you think? Do you feel that you started to appreciate people more in your team? And and how did you? How 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 are you doing this? Well, that's a <clears throat> that's that's something that uh, this 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 topic is very close to my heart because in Toastmasters it's really all about recognition. I mean, this is the way you pay. Uh, people, uh, the, because you give them uh, certain certificates, you give them certain awards, you bring them on the stage, you say, this is wonderful leader, this is wonderful director, this is wonderful uh, club president or something like this. Then you bring them to the, to the surface, you show and you say, okay, this is, this is the recognition time. In a company, uh, it works a little bit differently. And I must say, that I always think that in the company I do it I do it less and even I think I do it uh, less than I I should yeah so to say uh, because yeah well there's so many other ways that people are recognized yeah with their with their salaries with the uh, um, with the uh, with a sense of accomplishment 
uh, with a good word from their peers, with a good word from from uh, from their managers. But I really, but I still, we we even have the kind of uh, small awards we we give to people. But for example, I know that I'm not using these tools as much as I could to recognize people. And it's only once in a while I say, oh my goodness, it's recognition time. Ah, it it would be great to say a few words to these people, to that, to those people. Uh, and then I do that, but it's really, I think I underestimate the power of that in the company. Uh, also because we have the, let's say, uh, we meet every quarter, we meet every half a year, we have our yearly reviews as well, where we, I actually write a long story about the, the people's behaviors and, um, and achievements. So for me, I, I think, well, now that you ask me, I think that I have a feeling that it's sufficient, although if you ask me now, I know that it's not really sufficient. I think it would be better for, for me and for my teams and for the for people if we recognized one another more than we do. Yes, indeed. And uh, even recently <clears throat> when um, I organized my TEDx event where you were present <laughs> not so long ago, <clears throat> we had those certificates for our volunteers, for people who were having different functions at the meeting. And uh, of course, during the event, it was so hectic and crazy that we did not get to have a proper uh, hall of fame or you know ceremony where everyone would get applause and appreciation and kind words because we were working from 7 a.m. till midnight. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would say that some people were not uh, were not satisfied with that. I felt that that they wanted to. Be recognized on the stage. Be recognized on the stage, and everyone individually with uh, with certificates, with presents. So I think that I feel that uh, people need this, even if this is not financial recognition. If even if this is just a couple of words, thank you for your great work, or giving a certificate, which does not cost much it is so important for people so i think that this is something we really need to introduce to our business environments from non-profit organizations because we can see how people appreciate those small things yeah it's uh, it's a matter of just giving uh, a small recognition on the stage and just say a few words about those people and that's that's how they feel appreciated yeah and um and uh, it just costs a little bit of time. And as you say, something printable, maybe small gift, not, not a big deal. I remember that at the end of the, the Toastmasters conferences, at the end, there's always this organizing team coming on the stage and the, the chief organizer always says a few words about everyone and thank you for this and thank you for that. And here's our person who was responsible for that. And without that person, that would not happen. But it takes time. I mean, you remember, it can take up to one hour of that, the, the whole thing. Uh, but that's how in Toastmasters, we, we kind of pay to people yeah, through recognition, public recognition. And I, I, I could feel that at the, at the TEDx, it was very brief, very short. Yeah, just a couple of minutes. Uh, hey, everyone, this is the team. We, we did, you did a great work. Thank you very much and you get the, you get the present and then you go and that's that that might be as you say that might be just not not fully sufficient huh? yes absolutely <laughs> absolutely that's why we're having a separate hall of fame uh, which is only for our 
for our team without you know all this production craziness mm -hmm. where we are speaking and and appreciating each other so i think it is really important to organize such meetings especially if we don't have time uh, during the the task during what we're doing to at least to to have a small feedback session or mm -hmm. or a meeting team meeting afterwards yeah so Piotr, what, what, uh, to sum up our conversation, what is your tip, what is, what is your advice to young leaders who are just starting their, uh, their careers, they are team leader for the first time, they don't know uh, what to do, they are overwhelmed, so what is the most important uh, thing that they need to remember? It's like uh, with everything that you learn, I mean, you will not get to the top without going all the way up. Huh? So it's uh, just learn step by step, get the, get, the, get, the, get the mentor. The mentor is an extremely important part of the development. Get the mentor, get the person who you would like to be in a few years time uh, so that they can inspire you. They can tell you, hey, avoid these mistakes and pay attention to these, these areas. Yeah? So get a mentor, uh, be, be positive because learning is hard by itself and learning management is particularly hard because you are dealing with people who are always unpredictable, not with the system for whose systems are typically predictable. If you work with people, it's unpredictable. So prepare for unpreparable, prepare to be, um, to be uh, flexible. Uh, prepare to listen. So the, the 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 ratio listening versus speaking is like eighty to twenty. Think about that. <laughs> and uh, well, I think I think Elena, at certain point, I will write a book about that. <laughs> perfect, perfect. We are looking forward. I'm looking forward to your book. Definitely, I think you have great experience in leadership. And if our listeners want to contact you to ask you additional questions, where can they find you? Well, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Facebook. Um, I, yeah, I'm pretty, if you want to find me, I am pretty easy, uh, easily findable. Um, LinkedIn is probably one of the best options. If you like to in, involve me in a, in a conversation, just drop me a line. Uh, one tip, if you just send me an invitation for a contact without any background and I don't know you, it is high chance that I will not accept your invitation. So make yourself, make sure that you introduce yourself uh, with a purpose uh, and then we'll see what happens. Yes, this is a very good tip in general for all people. So thank you very much, Piotr, for being uh, on Ideas and Leaders. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thanks, Elena, and good luck with your um with your well undertakings and everything that you do in your life and thanks for the invitation talk to you thank later thank you thank you for listening to ideas and leaders podcast did you enjoy this episode let me know that you listened by tagging me in your linkedin profile and using a hashtag ideas and leaders see you in the next episode